We read yesterday new Mishnah, which might be a good idea to at least review without necessarily reading it inside. The Mishnah said that somebody who's, who has a dead relative who's in front of him, who hasn't been buried yet, he's part of Kriyishma, he doesn't have to recite Kriyishma, doesn't have to wear tefillin, doesn't have to do any mitzvahs homers, but he doesn't have to do any of the mitzvahs. Why is that? He's distracted, he's completely consumed with the issue of making sure that his relative is buried. Worth noting that uh, there are opinions that say today, when we have a Chavar Kadisha, and we have a specific, uh, we have a kind of a very clear protocol, uh, which we use to handle these situations, this doesn't apply. But some say no, because it's, even though it's become much, much easier to ensure that a uh, deceased relative is cared for properly, nonetheless, the particular state of mind which uh, is present when somebody has a deceased relative is so unsettling, even if the, even if the uh, situation is relatively well handled, it doesn't mean that you have the wherewithal to recite Kriyashma and do these other mitzvahs, uh, debate that exists in the world. Uh, it's not unlike a chasen, not unlike a chasen, which halacha lemaisa, in fact, uh, most people, as far as I know, hold that a chasen does recite Kriyashma. So then the Mishnah goes on to describe the particulars of how levayas, how funerals were done in their day, and how that would work practically when you could kind of snatch Kriyashma in the, uh, in the process of the funeral. The Mishnah said that the people who are carrying the mita, who are carrying the, the, uh, the dead person, so they themselves and the people who are there to uh, replace them, the second shift and the next shift, um, they are going to be potter. The people who are in front of the mita, in other words, those who uh, have not yet carried it, and even those who have already carried it, um, um, excuse me, the ones, who have, the ones who have not yet carried it are potter, and the ones who have already carried it are going to be high if they need to take a moment and recite Kriyashma, even if they will be needed again. Both groups are potter from tefillah. So, let's actually pause here, because we're not going to need to go back to the Mishnah for a little while, and we'll read what the Gemara has to say about the parts of the Mishnah we just looked back at. The Gemara says, Mutul back in the, about the fourth line from the bottom of Zainab base. It would seem that our Mishnah refers specifically to somebody whose mace, whose, whose deceased relative, is in front of him. Or many, the Gemara says, this year, we have a different statement of Brisa, somebody who has a deceased relative in front of him. He should find a different room to eat in. If he doesn't have a different room or a different house, is the word that the, it means what we would roughly refer to as a different room. He doesn't have a different room to eat him, so he should go if he only has a one room house. So he should go to his friend's house. That's the correct thing to do. And if say he doesn't have a friend's house, he doesn't have a friend, or his friends don't have houses, he should make a partition and eat behind the partition. What if he doesn't even have something to make a mechitza with? 
Machsir Ponov Ve'oichel, he should avert his face and eat. It's not correct for him to lean as if it were uh, as if he were taking his ease. He shouldn't eat meat. He shouldn't drink wine. He does not make Rashi says he does not make Birchas uh, Hamoitzi. He does not make a Zimun. Rashi says that means he doesn't make Birchas Hamozain. And that means he does not need to uh, have somebody else be mighty him in Berchus HaMoitzi. Ve'en mezamen alav, he does not become part of a zimun. U'pater mi kriyashma u'min ha-tefila u'min ha-tefila. And he's exempt from kriyashma, tefila, and tefila. U'mikol mitzvah ha-muris v'tayr. From all the mitzvahs mentioned in the tayr, positive mitzvahs. If this fellow finds all this happening to him on Shabbos, the correct thing for him to do is to do Haseba, to lean, to act as if he is taking his ease, to eat meat, to drink wine, makes a bracha beforehand, he makes bracha samazin afterwards, he can hear bracha salechem, someone can make bracha samazin for him, and he can participate in the zimun. And he is in fact chayiv, he must participate in all the mitzvahs. Rishimah Gamliel Aymer, they mention on the side that in the other sources where this price is mentioned, it should be Rabban Gamliel. It says Rabban Gamliel, so perhaps here it should really read Rabban Gamliel. So Rabban Gamliel Aymer, Mitoshin is chayiv be'elu, is chayiv be'kulon. Rishimah Gamliel says, once you are chayiv uh, in these, you're chayav and all the other ones. Once you um, once you become liable for the mitzvahs that you have to observe because of not uh, mourning in public on Shabbos, you end up having to observe all the mitzvahs. So, what's Rishim Gamliel saying? What's Rishim Gamliel saying? That we already said, chayav v'chomitz and b'retayr. So what exactly is he adding with his comment? says the Gemara, Tashmash Hamita There's one more, the mitzvah of Tashmash Hamita, that according to Shemu Gamliel, uh, the fellow is even going to be chayiv on Oina, on um, have relations with his wife at the correct time. Katani Mihas, getting back to the point. Potter mi Kriyashma Menat Ultimately, it says that the fellow is Potter, not on Shabbos, from Kriyashma Menat from Davening Menat Tefillah, from Tefillah, from Tefillah, from Tefillah, and from all the mitzvahs which are mentioned in the Torah. And we clearly said that this scenario is with a fellow who has moved his mace to a different room, or has moved himself to a different room from the mace. So it would seem that it doesn't need to be, as our Mishnah implies, Mesei Mutulafanov doesn't need to be that the deceased relative is in front of him. It could even be as long as the deceased relative is unburied, even though he's not in the same room as that relative, as the uh, as the nifta. Kumar says, Amrav Papa, Tirgama Amachsir Panavaicha. You're right. Our Mishnah must refer to somebody who is Mesei Mutulafanov, who has his deceased relative in front of him, and um, and he turns his face away. He's machzer panov ve'oichel. He's machzer panov ve'oichel. He's turning his face away and eating. Okay. 
So, Ravashi Omar, Kevin Shemutu Olav Lekaivre Kemutu Lefanafdam. Ravashi says, no, this distinction is kind of a spurious one. Since it is our, it is the, the, uh, the, the, the fellow is liable to bury his relative, it's his problem, it's his responsibility. So once that's the case, it doesn't really matter whether or not they're in the same room. It doesn't really matter. Really, uh, it's all the same. And as long as it's mutal of the kaivrem, as long as it's my, it's the person's responsibility to bury his relative, that uh, that state of mind is not um, is not compatible with being liable with being chayiv in mitzvahs. Shenemar, as it says in the pasuk, pasuk says at the the, the beginning of Parshas Chayisar, Vayakam Avraham me al pnei and Avraham got up from before his dead and then he goes out to Hebron to negotiate with the Hittites with the Bnei Ches. and he says to them I will bury I will deal with the dead body that is in front of me now the dead body is not in front of him he's standing there negotiating uh, it's having a, he's having a business meeting but the answer is that as long as it is as he has the that weight on his shoulders of having to bury his dead it's as if the body is, in fact, in front of him. It would seem that in other words, someone whose relative has passed away, that's what these halachas refer to. But somebody who is simply the shomer, somebody who is simply responsible for the, the vigil, he's guarding the mace, as it were. He is simply sitting with the deceased, but he's not a relative, he's a volunteer. It shouldn't apply to him. Vilhatanya, the Gemara asks, We have a brysa, which implies. It doesn't imply, it says it explicitly, in fact. That somebody who is responsible for watching over a dead body, even if it's not his relative, his potter from all the mitzvahs. Meshamrei afal pi she'enoi meisoi, meisoi afal pi she'enoi meshamrei. So that could, that could be for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not because uh, he's tired in burials, because he's a osik mitzvah. That's a good question. That's a good question. You know, so, uh, but let me ask you something: If someone's Isaac with mitzvah, the, uh, uh, let's let's clarify something. Taru, if indeed he were tarud, he would be Isaac with mitzvah. But if it's not his mace, if it's not his mace, is he going to be tarud? He's just sitting there. But he's doing a mitzvah while he's doing three. But he's able. But he's able. It's it's uh, what do you call it? It's Afshel Kaim Shneim. You do it both at the same time. Right. Yeah. That's that's the only that's yeah. the only well, issue. They also they also raise the issue about not being mocking the dead body by performing mitzvahs in the presence of the dead body. We're coming to that. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Like the rush. Mm-hmm. That's key. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's a, that's a different reason. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so the Gemara, so the Gemara, in fact, says right. The Gemara says you're right. You know what? Mesei afal pi. When we said mesei, we don't mean mesei to exclude mishamrei. We mean mesei afal pi shein mishamrei and mishamrei afal pi shein Neither of those 
um, formulations is coming to exclude the other. Even somebody who is involved in watching a dead body, he is considered to be tarud, he is considered to fall under, we need him to be tarud, he falls under the category, like you said, Stan, that's the Chiddush of the Gemara, that even though he's not, you might think only a relative should be tarud and distracted like that, and uh, be exempt from all the mitzvahs, but this fellow as well is going to be exempt from the mitzvahs because of Isaac the mitzvah. Okay, so the Gemara says, very well, Somebody who's simply walking through a cemetery, loy. That's not the case. We learn in a brisa. A person shouldn't walk through a cemetery with tefillin b'roishay, wearing his tefillin. In the old, back in the day, people would wear if someone was a talmud chacham, he would wear his tefillin all the time. Someone was knew what he was doing. He would wear his tefillin all the time, or whenever he could. The Sefer Torah of Israel, or carrying a Sefer Torah, the Kaira, and reading it. The Amoizikain, if he does so, Ivor Mishum Loyeg Larash. He's breaking a halacha called Loyeg Larash. The person's not supposed to mock. It's based on a Pasuk in Mishle. Loyeg Larash, Cheref, I say, Sameach Loyeg Loyeg. Really, literally, what it means is you see somebody who doesn't have what you have and you mock him. You say, eh, pores, right? But uh, in this case, we're talking about uh, flaunting your ability to still do mitzvahs in a scenario where you are surrounded by people. There are deceased people, but uh, you're in a room full of people that... Uh, uh, a plot of land full of people who can no longer do mitzvahs. It's not the proper way to behave. So, you shouldn't do that because of Loig Larash, Cheref Oisehu, says the Gemara. The Gemara clarifies, Hasam arba That's an arba amis problem. In other words, it's not just being passing through the gates of something of a place labeled cemetery is not enough to require you to worry about all these things. But once you come within four amis of a grave, that's when these halachas kick in. You're standing next to a grave and you're flaunting your tefillin or whatever. However, however. A uh, a a corpse takes up uh, four amos of space. It kind of sets up a four ama square space in which it is forbidden to uh, read Kriyashma or do other mitzvahs because of Lai Glarash. However, however, says the Gemara. The Kiddush of our Sugya is, and these halachis, even if he is not within Dalad Amis of the dead body, he's still going to be Pater. Gufa says the Gemar. Hamishamra is Hamais. Af al Pisha Enoi Mesoi Pater Mikriyashma Manatul Manatul. Citing the Bryce that we said earlier, somebody who's responsible for guarding. Or sitting with a body, even if it's not his relative, he's potter, he's exempt from Krishna and all the mitzvahs. Once there are two, let's say it's a, it's a, there are two buddies who are taking care of this mitzvah. So they should take turns. One should do the shomer job, and the other one should step out and say Krishna. Remember, he can't say Krishna again within four amas of the mace, but he should. Um, he should get a little out of the way and say Krishna. Benazay Aymer, Benazay says, 
Say they were coming in a boat. Manichoi bezavis. The correct thing to do is to put it in a corner. Bezavizu misbalushneim bezavis acheres, and they can. The two of them can go and to the other corner and daven. They don't have to stand. They don't have to have one stand over it. Well, why then can one person? If there's only one guard, why can't he go in the corner and daven? If that's the case, that's a great question. Let's see what the Gemara says. Oh, my be nahu. So uh, let's let me clarify. Yes. You're, you're asking. Oh, you're asking two versus one. Mm-hmm. So the answer is that that I don't think I think Benazai is just echoing the language of the previous statement. I don't think he would disagree. I think he would say even in, even with one, I can go and put it in a safe corner and uh, stand to the side and down. Oh. I think I, th- that's that's my impression. I think he's just echoing the previous statement. Uh, because look, the Gemara, the distinction the Gemara is about to draw doesn't really focus on two versus one at all. Mm. Um, could it be that he has to? I, I, I'm fairly certain that Ben Azai would say his statement even if there were one guard, because you're on a boat. In other words, you know the, oh. all, all the all the risks are are known factors. You yeah, know who's who and what's that. what. So, um, so my Benai, the Gemara asks, what exactly is the difference between Ben Azai's point and the Tanakhama's point? Why, in other words, does the Tanakhama not say that you have this option? Ben Azai seems to consider a ship to be a safe place. You can put the ship, you can put the the, the, the nifter in the corner, and step aside and do your thing. So, why is that the case? The problem of mice and rats. Because uh, the previous Tana, the Tanakama says, look, a ship is not a safe place. A ship, you can't leave the mace for a second. Because of Achbarim, because you have a problem with rats. However, uh, uh, Benazai was not concerned about rats on, on shipboard. And therefore, he held that as long as you know, you know what corner the mace is in, the person can step aside and um, and do his thing in Tavin. So the implication of this is that Shmira is actually uh, an idea of physical protection of the body, but yeah. that's not the way we think of Shmira not today. Right. I mean, right, we, don't, we don't have these concerns of a hormone, yeah. some sitting in, you know, and so on. We think of it in more of a spiritual sense mm-hmm. in terms of, the, right. uh, you know, the, I guess they didn't have that concept in those days or this was I don't know if they didn't have that concept but the, but what what I what does seem evident is that they were dealing with a different set of issues you know <laughs> you were more more worried about jackals stealing in during the night yeah, yeah you definitely get that impression but same saying Tehillim which I know Shomrim do is not a mockery hmm that's a good question <laughs> I suppose uh, the Minig reflects Maybe the minute reflects that we don't consider it to be a mockery. Okay. Not the recital of Tom. You know, um, I never learned Hilchas I don't know. A lot of people don't learn Hilchas They have there's an old belief that learning Hilchas Avelis is a bad. Uh, yeah, it brings yeah. 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 I, I just haven't had the occasion to learn it yet, but. Um, it's been a long time. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's something that a Rabbi has to know. But I, I know many rabbis who don't know it and refuse to learn it, mm-hmm. which I find a little strange. Because I think that nothing bad can come of studying Hashem's Torah. But that is a phenomenon that exists. Mm-hmm. 
somebody who is transporting remains from one place to another. Don't just think that you're transporting cargo. The fellow might think maybe he's involved in an archaeological dig, maybe he is reburying a body. So he says, look, you know, it's just bones at this point. Let me just kind of throw them in a saddlebag, put them on my donkey, and I'll, you know, I'll ride on my donkey as normal. Agmar says that's incorrect. Why they minik You have to remember that you're dealing with somebody who used to be alive, and it's minik bezayin. It's not the correct way to treat a human being, even in his, uh, even when it's just the remains of a human being. What if he's concerned? He's worried that Nachrim lists him. He's worried that people will realize he's uh, carrying some kind of important cargo. Non-Jews, bandits. And, um, and uh, he thinks it's not safe if he's going to kind of be very obviously carrying remains. He thinks he's making himself into a soft target. So, Mutter, then he's permitted. In other words, if he has to move quickly, he has to quickly throw the bones into a saddlebag and get on his way, then that is okay, that's permissible. That is okay. Um, that final statement is surprising. Which one? About you can sit on a tourist roll. Ah, we'll get there in a second, yeah. So, So what are we referring to? What are we referring to? Are we saying that you shouldn't do this or are we saying that you should do it in case of, that, in case of danger? So, Ahaya, Ile Mare, Shepshita, Mi Gora Sefer Tayyar, Meat Samais, the Gemara says a Sefer Tayyar should be at least as good as human remains. A person, the same way a person shouldn't sit on human remains, he certainly shouldn't sit on a Sefer Tayyar. Says the Gemara, you're right. All we're trying to say is another Chiddush, which is that Ella Asefa, that in a case of danger, of course, the correct thing to do is throw the Sefer Tayyar on the donkey, get yourself on the donkey, and run. Okay, yeah, but of course, generally speaking, you should absolutely not be sitting on a safer tire. Amr Rechava, Amr of Yehuda. Says Rechava, Kol haroya hamez ve'ena malvehu, oivr mishum loyeg l'rosh cherif oisev. So this is a new angle on loyeg l'rosh. Until now, we've been talking about loyeg l'rosh in the context of doing mitzvahs within uh, range of a maze. So this is kind of a bit of a different thing. If I see... If I see a funeral procession passing by and I don't join it, I don't step in for a moment to do the mitzvah of Levaya. I've seen people sometimes in Yerushalayim, you'll see a funeral procession is going by. It's always a Jew. It's always a fine Jew in Yerushalayim. So people will just make sure they'll go and they'll do Daladamas. They'll walk, you know, a few feet, eight feet, just to make sure they're Makayim the mitzvah. They don't want to fall into the category of this Gemara of Loig Larash Cherif Isayu that um, is not a good thing not recommended behavior. Ve'im helveyu, and if in fact he does this maschari, what's this har? What's his reward? Amrav asi olav hakasav oiver. The Pasuk says, in reference to him, again in Mishlei, malvei Hashem choinin dal. Umechabde choinin evyon. So, umechabde choinin evyon, I think is a different Pasuk, yeah. Quoting two different sukkim in Mishlei. Right, they all kind of revolve around this <laughs> this um, theme of how to treat the poor man. Somebody who uh, lends to a poor man is uh, going to get reward. 
and umechab dechayin somebody who honors Hashem, uh, excuse me, somebody who honors a poor man, is chayin evyoin, is um, falls into the falls into the uh, category of of um, honoring the poor, which is a good thing. They note on the side that malve, in other words, the original wording of the Pasuk says malve, someone who lends, but what they're trying to say is that you should read it as milave, someone who accompanies a mace, who accompanies the uh, the funeral procession is like accompanying Hashem himself. Is that okay, Mike? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Story time. Rabbi and Rabbi Yenison were walking through the cemetery. And what happened? Rabbi Yenison. Rabbi the blue strings of Rabbi Yenison's tzitzis, were dragging. Right? Because you ever seen somebody who... Uh, Around here, it's not so hard to see someone who wraps tchelis on his tzitzis. Generally, the tchelis string is used to make the wraps usually much longer. So, the string that hangs down in many cases is going to be a blue one, in many cases. So, the blue strings were hanging low and they were swiping across the uh, the kfaris, across the graves. So, Omar Leir Abchia says to him, Dalia kadeshalo by the way, it's important to note. Maybe we'll have a class about this someday in Palo Alto. But uh, this is one of the Gemaras, which is ev- which seems to be uh, decent evidence that Tchelis was being worn for a very long time. Uh, you know, well, well into the Common Era. Is that controversial? Yes, we should have a class about it. That'd be very interesting. <laughs> um, okay. We should have a class about it. So let's not get sidetracked. But now you're inspiring me a little bit. Okay, so <laughs> he was he was wearing he was his his techelis was they probably argue that techelta in this case means just his tzitzis. But anyway, so Rebbe says says to him, Dal, you should lift it up because It's right. You don't want to give the mason the don't take the attitude that you're not uh, that you're so special and so different. You're you're flaunting your mitzvahs, but the mason are thinking to themselves, ha, this fellow is coming to visit us tomorrow, he's going to live with us tomorrow, rather, and today, they are insulting us. He's insulting us. Come on, do they really know? The Pasuk says in Koheles, the dead know nothing. He says to him, he doesn't sound like he was too impressed, in Karisa, First of all, he he uh, cast aspersions on whether he had read the pasuk in the first place, right? He says, "Im karisa." If 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 you read it, Shanisa, you obviously didn't read it a second time. Im shanisa shilashta. And if you read it a second time, you probably didn't read it a third time. You didn't do a very good job studying that pasuk. Im shilashta And on, on on reading number three, no one even explained to you what you were reading. He wasn't too happy with it. He hachayim yoidim sheyamusu. Here's the deal. The um, the pasuk that same pasuk says ki hachayim yoydim shemus. Those who are alive know they will die. Elu tzadikim doesn't mean you, know, you don't just read you don't bumble your way through kohelis just trying to read everything literally. This is a reference to tzadikim. 
Even in death, tzaddikim are referred to as alive. Shenemar, as it says, we're going to explain all of these pesukim. Ben Ayahu, Ben Yoyada, Ben Ishchai, Rab Ba'alim, Mekab Te'el, Hu Hika Es Shnei Ariel Es Es Shnei Ariel Moyav, Vehu Yarad Vehika Es Hari B'Soich Habor B'Yoyim Hashalik. This is a description of a great hero named Ben Yoyada, who was a Ben Ishchai, Rab Ba'alim. He was a lively, the son of a live man. He was a had great, wonderful deeds. He was Mekab Whatever Mekab means to be Mekab he killed two. Um, that's a place. Well, that's yeah. definitely the the simple reading. But we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna work through each mm-hmm. of these things. He um, he killed these two um, these two lions, and mm-hmm. he uh, and then he killed some other lion, which was in a pit on a snowy day. And everything the Gemara is gonna end up explaining in um, allegorical fashion. So. The Gemara says, Ben Ishchai, Atu Kuli Ama Bnei Meisin. Now we're going to walk through it. Ben Ishchai, the son of a live man. Right. So what does that mean? Everyone else is the son of dead people. Everyone else is dead. Right. So the Gemara says, Al Ben Ishchai, Shafilu B'Misosay Karichai. He is. He was such a uh, Ben Ayo was such a figure that even in his death he was such a hush of a person, the tzaddik, that even in his death he was considered to still be alive. Rav Paolim Mikabtail Sheriba Vikavat Poyalim Lutaira. He um he was a, a tremendous activist, as it were, on behalf of the Tyra. What else? Um Shukatwa. Shine Ariel Moyov, Shaloihi Niachot's Ariel, so Rashi says on the previous Amma that Ariel is a reference to the Baisa Mikdash. We do find this in other places. Ariel is a reference to the Baisa Mikdash. So, he didn't leave anyone behind him, whether it was in the first base Hamikdash or the second. So he was a tremendous figure. He went down and fought a lion in a pit on a snowy day. He uh, he shattered the ice. There was an iced overhold hole, and he wanted to go to the mikvah. So he smashed the ice. Because he's the barda, that's like the word bara, the word hail. Hail is ice. Benochas vitova. And he went down and immersed himself in the freezing cold. People do that like in the Arizal's mikveh and Svas. Ikeda Amri, the Tanah Sifra de Beirav, Biyomi the Sitva. He recited the, um, he recited the, the entire Sifra. Sifra the Beirav, which we call Sifra as well, Sifra, Teres Kayanim. What it means in the book? Um, one day of um, of winter. It's a very short day, and he managed to recite the whole thing. Interesting. The pasuk says, right, getting back to this pasuk, which we were, which Rebbechia was criticizing Rebbeinuson for not learning well. So he says, This is a reference to the Rishayim. This is a reference to to the Rishayim. Ba'amesim doesn't mean dead people. It means Rishayim. Even while they're alive, they are called dead. As the pasuk says in Yechazkel, Rasha Nisi Yisrael. Right, you. It was a rabbi. He was talking to Tzidkiyahu, and he was saying to Tzidkiyahu, you. He was criticizing him for his behavior. 
saying it was evil behavior. It's Kyo was overall not a big Russia, but he was he made some big mistakes. And Yechezkel says to him, even though you're alive, you're like a corpse. You, the Prince of Israel, and you saw you're like a corpse. Another source, Edim. Now we're getting back to the biblical basics. Back in Tvarim, According to two Edim, the testimony of two or three Edim, you must hamais, the dead man shall be put to death. What do you mean? You're going to put the dead man to death? He's a chai. Since he's a Russia, since he's deserving of the death penalty, he is like a member of the walking dead. The children of Rebchia had to go out uh, to the sticks to deal with their property. And unfortunately, they forgot their learning. They were by themselves. They were the only Tamil Chacham in the area. And they started, to, you know, you need people Chaveir. Sometimes you need to be able to turn to somebody and say, Do you remember how that Brisa goes? And they didn't have any of that, so they began forgetting. Have a commentary, lad, Kuri. So these were serious people, and they became very distressed trying to remember. Do you think our father, who was, at that point was deceased, knows how upset we are? This is kind of a very interesting discussion because we tend to talk this way all the way. Yeah, you know, uh, Zaidi is in Shemayim and he's very happy because or whatever. And it's, well, they weren't so sure. So Amalei, Amalei, how should he know? Maybe the Mason, maybe even people pass away, they're not troubled by little details like this. But Aksiv, the Pasuk in Eiv says, Unfortunate that uh, w- the, the, his children will be weighed upon, and he doesn't know about it because he is deceased. But on the other hand, can that be? Can it be he doesn't know? Does the pasuk in Eiv, another pasuk in Eiv, not say, "Ach bisaroi alav yichav"? His flesh shall pain him. V'nafshei alav to avel and to evol, I should say, and his uh, his soul is mournful. Over him, comments on this: maggots are bad for, are difficult for a dead person. They cause pain. They cause pain. The Gemara says, "Amri yadi." They feel their own pain, but they don't know about our pain. The Gemara says, "Can that be?" That doesn't seem correct. Vatanya, we have a story which which reflects something a lot closer to the way that we approach these issues today. There was a very righteous man who gave a dinner, he gave a large amount of money to a poor man on Erev Shoshana B'Shnei Batsayris, and it was, it was uh, famine times, things weren't going well. So his wife could not contain her distress, and she berated him for doing this. So he decided that he was going to sleep in the doghouse. So he went to the Beisach Forest, to the cemetery. And he overheard two spirits, two Kipshuta ghosts, speaking to each other. One said to her friend, Let us swim, let us float through the world. And we will hear from behind the partition, that's a reference to the things that the spirits know, what punishment is due the world. Amr Allah Khabrita, our friend says to her, I can't, I'm ashamed. 
Shani kevur of shalkanim. I was buried in a mat of reeds. It, when people are very poor, they're not going to lose one of their articles of clothing by burying a family member in it. So they simply wrapped their family member in reeds and buried her like that. So she's very ashamed. She says, I'm embarrassed to go around like this. El you go. Mashat shemas, amrili. Imrili, tell me what you hear. Report back. Halchahi, the shatoba. She does a quick, uh, a quick run through the world. She says, my friend, what did you hear out there? Anybody who plants in the first quarter, in the first uh, quarter, in the first quarter of the year, um, there's going to be a big hail problem. So, Holach, who the all the all the fellows on Wall Street who learned the daf are going to be sleeping in the cemetery tonight. So, Halachu Vizara Brevia Shnia. So he says, "Okay, I get it." And he waited till it was very late. Usually, you have to plant things at the correct time. So he took on a tremendous amount of risk, and he planted in the second quarter, even though there's usually that's that's a very risky thing to do. And they say Rabia is the rain. The rain. That's the a rashi. Rain. Yeah. 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 Know, there there are a number of rains. Stages. Yeah. You know, mm. Light rain, heavy. Rain. Yeah. No, not like yeah. the fiscal year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's the muscle. Yeah. The muscle for today yeah. is the fiscal year. But. Yeah. But anyway. Mm. Right. December slump. Um, <laughs> but. Anyway, so he says, you know what? He's he says I'm going to do this incredibly risky thing. I'm going to plant in the second. Uh, I'm going to catch the second rain, and hopefully my you know my peas and carrots will grow in anyway. And he says, you know, relying on his inside tip, a little insider trading never hurt anyone. So, even though he did something very risky, but everyone else did something even riskier without knowing it, because they planted during this time that was supposed to get terrible hail. And, in fact, they all lost their, um, their produce, and he succeeded. He owes it all to his wife. Yes, exactly. The son of so it gets better, believe me. His wife, his wife is a starring role in the rest yeah, of the okay. story. So the next year, he's like, all right, I know what to do. Right, night, he sleeps in the Beisak forest. Here's them chatting again. Same deal. Let's take a quick swim around the world. Don't you remember from last year? Can't do this. I'm not dressed appropriately. you go. Right, report back to him. She went and took a swim through the world. What did you hear from behind the partition? So anybody who plants in the second um, quarter, the, for the second rain, so um, he is going to uh, he's going to have she, uh, the she, a problem of shidafin, which is some kind of disease, some kind of agricultural blight, which um, affects freshly planted plants. If you have well-established plants that have grown in to some extent, they'll be okay. But the new, all the new shoots and whatnot are going to be ruined. Some kind of blight. So, this is okay. This time, he planted early. 
This is how Jews ended up getting burned at the stake back in the day. Um, right? He says, okay, he, he now predicts the blight, and he survives and thrives. He then makes a, sounds like he makes a big profit. So his wife says to him, Something's up. Last year, you you haven't been noted for your business acumen, and all of a sudden, last yeah, you got to write twice. That's what could her in. Once she once she's like, all right, whatever. That happens twice. All right, something's going on. the market twice. So that was mistake number one. He didn't. Uh, he should have made some mistakes on purpose. So mistake number two. Um, he told her everything that happened. It wasn't long before uh, this woman, who sounds like she was a real pleasant person to be around, <laughs> gets into a fight, an argument with the mother of the girl, who, who had died. Who had died, exactly. And she makes this disparaging reference to something which the family, of course, was terribly embarrassed. They assume nobody knew. And they say, and she says, Ha, you know, you, 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 you losers that you couldn't even manage to scrape together decent burial clothes for your daughter. The wife messed the whole thing up. Ah. <laughs> so, here goes. So, so he figures, here comes again, he goes to the Beis HaKvar, they're talking to each other again, let's go for a swim, we'll get to the bottom of what's going on, right, she says, unfortunately, our cover is blown, and, uh, we don't have privacy like we think we do. Alma Yadi, so there's some communication. They hear to some extent what is going on. So Gemara says, Maybe somebody told them. Someone else passed away who, uh, who was up to date on the news and uh, filled them in as to what had been going on. Interesting, definitely. Uh, I think that today we tend to take the attitude that the, uh, the deceased do have a sense of. We definitely like to, at least do we, we prefer to think of it that way. That our Zaydas and Babas know what we are doing and take Nachas or vice versa from. <laughs> Which, uh, Yisrael Taira. Okay. Tashma. Ziri have a mafkid zuze gabiush bezichte. Ziri would keep money, um, gabiush bezichte, by his, uh, What's the word? Landlady. Landlady, right? His landlady, right? That's it. Ad the Asi. Yeah, One one time while he was away at uh, at uh, Yeshiva, she passed away. So he went after her to the Beisak Forest. Omar Law Zuzi Hecha. He says, Where exactly? Uh, how he's communicating with her, but he says, "Where exactly are is the money?" Right? In other words, he said, "I need my money if you don't mind." <laughs> so, I'm sure he was polite. He says, no. <laughs> "So, uh, they are to be found in the um, the the hole under the there was like a gap under the um, what we would call the threshold of the house." 
or the um, the doorpost kind of, and there's, there's like a, there's a little hollow over there, and I, I hid your money there for safekeeping, and you can find it uh, in this particular place. So, and she adds, um, she adds as follows: Once you're there. Um, Please tell my mother to send me some of my um, my cosmetics, my makeup, and my uh, my applicator for uh, my my uh, my comb and my applicator for kuchel for uh, for eyeshadow. Send them with so and so. She's going to be out here tomorrow. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> so I think tomorrow says, "Almayadi." It seems like they know. The Gemara again counters Dilma Duma Kadim Umachers Lo. Right, there's a Veloy called Yarde Duma. Duma is a reference to Chazal say there's a Malach called Duma who is in charge of the dead. Maybe Duma, maybe the Malach of the dead comes and announces uh, who the new members of the club are going to be. So again, the Gemara seems quite ambivalent as to whether or not there's a clear line of communication from us to them. Okay. Shmuel's father was a, a source. People would go and uh, give the money of Yusayimim, of people whose parents had passed away, for safekeeping. He was a trustworthy um, repository for those, that money. The problem was when he passed away, Shmuel was not there. He wasn't home. So, it was getting a little ugly because the people were accusing Shmuel. Shmuel didn't know where the money was. And people were accusing Shmuel of having used the money for his own purposes. So, he goes to the Basak forest and stands at his father's cave and he says, He says, Can you get my father, please? There are a lot of fathers here. There's a lot of... I, 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 take these stories very seriously. There's a lot of um, the statements, the, 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 the nature of the conversations I think uh, gives us a lot to learn from. Amaluhu, he says, Bi'ina Abba bar Abba. The Abba I am looking for, um, uh, Rashi correctly notes, of course, correctly notes that um, he was not just looking for his father, his father's name was Abba. So he says, please bring me Abba. So they say, we got lots of Abbas. He says, Bi'ina Abba bar Abba. Um, I'm looking for Abba Bar Abba. So his grandfather was also called Abba. Apparently, yeah. He says, "Where is Shmuel's father?" Finally, he pulls it. He pulls out the trump card. I'm Shmuel. Where's my father? Amrula, He's not down here at the in the lobby. He is in the Masifederakia in the heavenly yeshiva. Unsurprising. His father came. He said, hello, here I am. He saw that he was both crying and smiling. Again, we have to at a certain point realize that we're not, we're not describing a, uh, an average everyday occurrence. This is some kind of spiritual meditative experience. And he perceives that there's both sadness and happiness going on for his father. Amrlay, my time is Can you explain why you're crying? Yeah, he's bad news first. Amrlay, the la'agal causes. He says, we are going to see you pretty soon. We're going to see you pretty soon, and he feels bad. He's sad. He's unfortunate to find out that Shmuel is going to pass away. My time, Achiches, so Shmuel, keeping his composure, says, "Okay, why are you smiling?" 
the Chashivas by Almatuva. He says, we're very excited to have you. You're, everyone's very proud of you in this world. We're, we're, we're going to be a very honored member. Um, would you please go get, um, would you please go get Levi? By Lula Levi. So, he, uh, he pulls up Levi. Now, I'm trying to remember why he needs Levi for this. But, so, maybe he wanted to, uh, maybe he wanted to see Levi. Oh, I'm sorry, I jumped down a line, that's why. I skipped a part of the story. Come on. Yeah, Ad Hachi. What happened was while he was waiting, Amalei saw his sister Rakia. Ad Hachi Chazil Levi the Yosef Avro. He saw. And let's go back three lines. He saw Levi sitting outside. So what happens? Amalei, am I Yosef Avro? Why are you sitting outside? My time Amalei Salakta. Why didn't you go into the Mesif the Rakia? You should have been invited. Levi is a pretty big Talmud Chacham. Why doesn't he get go into the, the yeshiva, the heavenly yeshiva? Amalei, the Amrili Kolki Hanach Shani the Loi Salikas on the Mesif the Rebbe. Efes va so all the uh, for a long time, Levi didn't join Rebbe's base medrash. So and and Rebbe was distressed about that. You cause distress to Rebbe. Therefore, you don't get invited into the Masechet Rakia to the heavenly yeshiva. So then, he sees Shmuel meets his father. His father comes from the heavenly yeshiva to greet him. He sees that he's laughing and crying. He says, "I'm crying because you're going to die soon. I'm laughing because you're going to be very honored here." So. He says, if I'm so honored, please bring in Levi. Let Levi in. So they listen. So now, Amalei, he says to his father, now, Zuzi, he asked me, hey, what do I need? Where, 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 where am I going to find the money that belongs to the Yusayman? Amalei, he says to him, Zil shaklinu You can find it in the hollow of the, um, of the Rechaim, of the millstones. On the, on, the, on the building, the, the, the outbuilding in which the millstones are contained. So, Eloi Vitasoi Didan, the money on top of it and beneath it, I suppose there were three bags of money, the top money and the bottom money is ours. Mitzioi Diasmi, the middle money, belongs to Yisai. I'm like, my time out this, why did you do that? It's a little bit of a strange thing to make a sandwich in that fashion. If they are stolen, if thieves steal them, they will steal our money. And if the earth opens up and swallows up some of it, um, it will swallow our money. Amadiyadi, again, the Gemara says, we see that they know. Says the Gemara, It could be that since Shmuel is very chashiv, they would go and announce, and please clear the way for Shmuel who is coming through. Hey, I think we will break it off here. Sure. Mm.